She can save the world, do her homework, and update her wardrobe. And that's just on a school night. Watch Kim Possible weekdays at 3.30 on Disney. Hi, my name is Ryan Hanna. Hi, my name is Ariel Lyle. And you're listening to... The Amateur Voice. Alrighty, folks. So as you just heard, I'm here with Ariel Lyles, voice actress. So, Ariel, okay. <laughs> how you been? Um, I've been pretty good so far. Uh, just got out of college, so hey. Awesome. Sometimes. Now, what was your study? Uh, broadcasting. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky us. It's a little bit different than just voice acting, but uh, it's it's nice to know the technical aspect just as well as the acting aspect as well. So. Now, for anybody who might be interested, especially we have a lot of undergrad listeners, do you think that broadcasting as a college major helped you at all with voice acting? Oh, yes. Um, I come from a like behind-the-camera background, whereas I was a producer or director or something like that. And uh, oftentimes I got put in sound just simply because they knew I did voice work. And so they're like, oh, so you probably know a little bit more about sound than we do. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yay. So um, that, and I've also gotten a chance to work with actors, and you get to work from the other side, and so you kind of understand what people are asking for. And Got it. like say, oh, do you want to do this type of voice? Or, oh, hey, um, add a little bit more emotion to this type, maybe a little bit more anger, a little bit more sadness. And having taken acting classes, it just kind of, you just play off each other. So now, was this more for radio, or did you do actual voiceover um, broadcasting work? Uh, we had def different types of uh, broadcasting. We had uh, radio, we had TV news, and then we had TV and film production. Wow. I was TV and film production. Um, I was the one that was doing like short films and and stuff like that. And I would occasionally do voice work for that. But, oh, cool. Yeah. Perfect. So that's right up your alley. Yeah, it, it was nice. Um, I'm actually going to be sticking around hopefully for a little bit because some of my friends are graduating the next year and I'm going to help them out on projects. Excellent. Practice <laughs> makes perfect. So oh, yeah. how did you get into voice acting as an interest? Uh, well, um, I feel like a lot of people probably said a similar answer, but uh, I actually am a huge fan of animation, uh, various types, whether it be American or Japanese. Mm -hmm. I'm also a fan of video games. I'm a huge gamer. So I really thought that it would be a great idea to become a voice actress because I'm like, it's, it brings me so much joy to play these games and get so involved with these characters and I kind of want to give that back. So. so you said you're a huge gamer. What's your game? Uh, my game, wow. I'm usually a RPG player. I nice. okay. like the stories and the characters a lot. That's probably why I like voice acting so much. But uh, my favorite game is Mass Effect. Uh, huge Good Bioware. Choice. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Mass Effect 4 is coming out pretty soon, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I should oh say yeah. Pretty soon. I actually work at a GameStop, so secretly. Oh, really? I, Me, too. I, I, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Weird. That's why I just got off work. <laughs> Good old GameStop. What are you? Yeah. Are you GA, SGA, ASM? I'm a GA. Going on nice. three years now. Wow. Yeah. Good on you. Well, so... Now, having something as an interest and a career path are two entirely different things. I can love being a computer hacker, but that doesn't mean that will be my career path. I could right. be, um, you know, I could be a singer. So, for example, I actually go to school for opera. 
But I have to say, a lot of people voice act just as a hobby. So you took it to the next level. What made you want to be a voice actor as a career path? Well, I think it just really does go back to what I was saying earlier about how I kind of, I had times in my life to where I, I felt kind of alone. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a athlete as well as a, as a geek. And so a lot of the time I would be spending doing homework or training and I didn't really get to hang out with my friends a lot. And so gaming and animation kind of just, it helped me a little bit. And um, I kind of want to give that back to people because I've, I've been there. And so I understand what some people go through. And it's, it's nice to be able to be like, oh, I recognize you from this, this game or this movie. I hope to get to that point. But that sort of thing. It just brings people so much joy. And I realize that also as a fan. And I kind of want to be one of those people that just puts a smile on their face just Absolutely. by person. So um, also, uh, I think it's also because of my love of media, because I am a broadcast major. Uh, so I think that's also another reason is just getting involved with all the technical stuff and the technical side. You, you find that you love certain aspects of it more than others. And this is definitely one of the aspects that I really fell in love with. So it seems like you're gearing your life around uh, animation and media and that which will only help you yes. become a voice actress. That was one of the reasons why I chose that major, actually. Uh, we, this, the college that I, that I went to, that I graduated from, is well known for their broadcasting program. And I thought about theater, but I was like, you know what? Just in case voice acting doesn't play out, I still want to be in media at some point. And so I figured, hey, why not be broadcasting? And then that's also taught me technical aspects of what mics to use, uh, what, how to use certain programs, how to edit things. Uh, how to work with actors, how to be an actor. And so it's... Do you find that you learn a lot through observation of others? Because you had said you've been on the other side. You've been a producer, a director. Now, what have you taken away from being a director or a producer and working with others where it's your project and it's their voice as opposed to their project and your voice? Well, it's sometimes it's more difficult depending on the actor or actress. The, uh, it really also depends on what you're really getting into. Uh, some directors are not very good with actors, and some are. I was usually more of a producer, so I usually got the people together. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the aspect of me be also being a voice actor as well helped me connect to the actors because I knew exactly what they wanted and kind of how to get it out of them because I also did something similar myself. So instead of just saying, oh, say it with this type of feeling, I would actually perform it. Mm -hmm. And then they could kind of understand what I'm getting at. Yes. And put a spin on it themselves. The nice artistic language. Yeah. So here you are. What has the journey of an aspiring voice actress been like for you? Oh, uh, well, it, it started out actually when I transferred back. I went to another college before the one I graduated from. And my advisor, I told my advisor that I really wanted to do voice work. And she actually knew a teacher who I'd had for an intro class. And he was actually a radio teacher for the radio version of the broadcasting major. And uh, he got in contact with somebody in New York. Ah. And uh, acquaintance of his. And I started taking classes with her, lessons with her. And then that next summer, I actually went up there. 
to New York City and did a workshop at the School of Visual Arts and got myself a commercial demo. Nice. She helped me make those. It was, yeah, I need to do a character demo. I haven't got that one yet, but it's nice to at least have something. <laughs> and then no, I've just been picking up. Yeah, I've just been picking up classes. I took a workshop with Crispin Freeman. Um, I'm going to continue. Crispin. Yes. Yes, Crispin. Um, I plan on taking more of those. It's just classes are expensive. <laughs> oh, they are. Let's be real. They <laughs> are. Be... But I've, I think I've mentioned his name at least once every single podcast I've done so far. Um, yeah, he's 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 well known for doing classes like that. He has the voice acting master oh, yeah. classes in the podcast that I listen to. So. so once again, if you folks are listening and you have not taken my advice, go take Crispin Freeman's online classes. Go listen to his podcast. I'm actually signed up for uh, his June 21st class. Oh, really? And I am just I am so excited because he has such an articulate way of oh yeah of explaining what he wants from you, all the while being nothing but nice and professional. Oh, yeah. It's it's really nice and refreshing to, to see that. And especially if people are struggling, he helps you get there. You get there. I mean, you give the performance that he wants you to give by the time he's done with your session. And uh, it takes a little bit sometimes, but he gets you there. So it's it's nice to actually work with somebody that knows what to get out of other people and how to work with others in that. Since we're on the subject, uh, how many people did you take the class with? I took his uh, workshop that had the the group. I haven't okay. taken his private lessons yet, mm -hmm. but uh, I've been wanting to do that. But like we said, it's expensive, and getting into the voice acting industry as professional is, is expensive pricey. and it's an investment. Yes. Yes. You've got to buy a mic. You've got to buy... Well, I have an external sound card. I don't have a a USB mic. I actually use a uh, Bluebird Blue, which I'm on right now. And Sounds it, pretty good. It's no, it's coming yeah. across very clear. It's uh, I have a shock mount and a pop filter on it, and um, I'm using a external sound card. Uh, and now what that does is th these type of mics run on what's called an XLR cable, and that's what professionals use for different types of recording when it comes to microphones. And so there's no port for that on my, my laptop. So I have to use something to kind of channel it. Nice little rig happening. Yes. So I'm guessing you're working with a preamp or? Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, cool. So as far as auditions go, how many have you done? Well, let's start with professionals. Um, I've done a few. I haven't done as much as I would like. Mm -hmm. I've been more focused on, at the time that I really started, I was still in school. And so I had to really focus on school more than I could audition. And so there'd be times where I would be like, I really want to do this, but I know the time commitment. And if you actually become part of a regular series, it is a time commitment. Yeah. So it's one of those things where at the time it was my school. But now since I'm out, I can actually focus a little bit more on it. I'm actually right now currently voice acting in a uh, machinima series right now. Okay, is that through the Voice Acting Alliance or the Voice Acting Club? No, that's actually from a couple friends of mine. We've been trying to get something started for a while. Oh, and cool. They just managed to, yeah, we're on our third episode right now. Want to give that a shout out? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank <laughs> you. Come check, uh, come check us out. Uh, it's on Machinima, their, their channel. It's called Summoners. It's a uh, League of Legends kind of parody, I guess you could say. Uh, it's not based on League of Legends lore, really. It's kind of like where we get stuck in our characters and 
We're just kind of ourselves, pretty much playing ourselves, but a uh, little bit of exaggerated versions of ourselves. We've gotten a lot better. Our animation's going to get much better. We've got an awesome storyline coming up for you guys. So stay tuned. It's, it's going to be awesome. All right, so here we are now. Um, this is a difficult question, and whenever I've interviewed people either on this podcast, which I've uh, so far only done Mike Wilson, and now here you are, but even in person when I ask this question, people usually um, feel embarrassed to give me an honest answer. But I, I think it's important for the people listening and even the potential voice actors and actresses to hear honest answers. So how do you, as an, an amateur pre-professional, handle rejection? I used to actually get kind of hurt by it. I think a lot of people, when they first really get into this type of industry in the business, it can be kind of, you take it personally. You don't mean to, but you kind of do. And if there's anything that I've learned from my major and anything that I've learned from amateur voice work is that Sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's really just not your fault. And sometimes it is your acting and sometimes it's the way you portray a character. But the only thing you can do from there is kind of look at the character and try to figure out maybe what you did wrong or get other people to listen to it and give you feedback, constructive feedback. And you don't have to listen to everything that they say, but it's nice to get some feedback. And so you can only improve yourself from there. And the other aspect of it where it's not always your fault it's sometimes voice just doesn't fit a character and you could be a really good actor, but sometimes the voice just doesn't fit and it's not your fault. It's not the character's fault. That's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so knowing your try voice. not to get offended. Yeah. Know your niche voice. Yeah. Um, I, I think I read this in Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt's book, what it's like behind the mic, the voiceover voice actor. Mm -hmm. uh, and the quote was, Oh shoot. What was it? I was just thinking of it. Uh, success equals preparation plus opportunity. So one of the things I feel like a lot of people forget, um, and I just did an episode about this, um, on episode four called confidence is a lot of people forget to act in voice acting. Yeah. And isn't that funny? Because there's two words. The first word is voice. We all need a voice to voice act. And the second one is to act. And if you go up to the microphone and you go, oh, I'm going to hurt you, huh? It's, and you give this, this half-realized lazy character, you know, they're going to pick up on that. Or if you don't yeah. believe what you're saying as a character, whoever's casting you is going to pick up on that. So how often do you see that come from other people? Uh, it's, it happens sometimes. I've worked with people in the past where they've, done characters themselves as well as help produce shows and stuff like that mm -hmm. and they didn't have the luxury of getting uh, a nice cast it's because of budget reasons and also because they didn't know it's sometimes it's hard to know actors and so half the time that i've been cast for these things is because people knew that i did voice work and they knew that i had a nice setup so they're like oh i like how you sound and uh you have a nice setup and you can act. So there you go. And it's and on one hand, it's nice to be known for that and be pulled on projects just for that. But at the same time, it can kind of be frustrating when people don't understand that it is acting. Mm -hmm. You do have to put yourself out there. 
in a lot of aspects, voice acting can be harder than actual film and TV oh, acting. Oh, yeah. Because at least with film and TV acting, like subtle body movements, subtle facial expressions can convey an emotion. Whereas in voice acting, it's all your voice. It's oh, yeah. all you. Like the animators do the rest, but it's all you. You got to make that character work. And, you know, there, there's, there's differences that where voice acting can be better. Whereas in like when you're blocking for film, you have to remember things that you do. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in the middle of a line and say, say I take a drag of a cigarette, I have to remember to take a drag of a cigarette every single time in that middle of that line yeah. in the same spot because it won't cut together right later on. So that's nice. But voice acting, you've got you to put yourself out there and you make yourself look like a fool because <laughs> you've got to do motions. I've caught myself like almost hitting my mic because I'm trying to do like a punching motion and make it sound like I'm actually throwing a punch. <laughs> and you hit your microphone? And I No, I haven't hit it yet, but I I'm probably will one day. <laughs> I'll probably knock it and go, oh my goodness, no. One of the people I've worked out with um, as far as strategy inside the booth, uh, his name was Roy Yokelson. And he's the coach uh, that I have in New Jersey. And he, he did the sound tech for All Dogs Go to Heaven, some stuff like that. And one of the things he did while I was in the booth is he put a webcam in the booth. He recorded me as I was in the booth doing some fight sounds or just kind of getting into the character. And it's kind of shocking what you see and how we as performers um, think we're giving 110%. And then we watch the video and we're like just giving almost nothing. Yeah. So what we do and what we or rather what we perceive we do is not actually what we're doing. No, and it's, it's just nuts. It's yeah, like nuts. we, uh, the Chrisman Freeman class, what we had is uh, when it was our turn, he had us turn on our webcam. Uh, everybody else had their webcams off except for him and the person that was currently doing the voice work. Mm-hmm. And so everybody else was watching the expressions that people made and watching how they acted and how into it they got. And usually the more into it they got, the better their performance was. And it looks, it looks silly, but that's what you have to do. And if there's anything that I've learned from these lessons, not just from Christmas class, but from my uh, other teacher, Miss Valerie Smaldone, she uh, taught me that smiling while you're talking makes a huge difference. You can hear it. And in commercial work, that means everything. Because if you just say things like with a flat voice, like not smiling, people yeah, don't believe really Why do I want to yeah. buy it? Yeah. Why would you want to buy it? You got to be happy about it. Why would they want to buy it? Why would <laughs> they want to do this? You've got to smile and like warm up your voice. There's a big difference between this and this. Yeah, so definitely. There's a big difference. And sometimes people don't realize that. And that also goes in context with, like I said, the punching, like almost punching out your mic. There have been, I know uh, several voice actors that have accidentally either taken out their mic or have hit it or <laughs> because they've gotten too into it. And which arguably is a good thing. Well, yeah, it know? is. But I mean, if it's an expensive mic, you don't want to take out. A oh, mic. no, that's a bad thing. <laughs> so expensive. you've taken professional voice acting classes with uh, Crispin Freeman and the uh, the woman who you just mentioned. I'm sorry. What was her name again? Miss Valerie Smaldone. OK, so that's one thing. Now, how did you find out about resources like the Voice Acting Alliance? Actually, through her, uh, she sent me a link to a bunch of actually links to a bunch of different sites that would not necessarily maybe get me paid, but it would help me practice. Practice. And that's the thing is sometimes people, whenever they want to do voice work, 
they don't understand that you've got to practice. They and, come in in audition with Meatwad. Yeah. Or they they try to go for paid positions when they don't have enough practice under their belt. Or they'll try funny voices. And don't get me wrong, funny voices are nice. Like, you could, if you can do a voice, that's perfect. Practice it. But that type of voice is not necessary for everything. And a lot of times in voice acting, they use your natural voice. Yeah, they get hired for your natural voice. Yeah. And how you sound. And so it's not always about the character voices. Though character voices are nice to be able to have those. So members from the Voice Acting Alliance, if you guys are listening, uh, you guys are basically famous. So smile while you're on the mic. <laughs> okay. Um, then where does your confidence as a performer come from? Uh, I've had to get over that, to be honest. I have huge stage, stage fright. I'm just going to be honest here. I still, I still get it. I appreciate that. I, um, to give you an idea, my, every freshman in my college has to take a speech class. It's part of it's part of mandatory. It's it's regardless of what your major is. Like a basic diction class. Uh, it's basically just in front of people, getting you used to. Speaking. Okay, so like public speaking. Yes. Okay. And the first speech that I had to do, I decided to do it over Mass Effect Two because I was like, well, it's something I love, and so maybe that'll help ease me into it. Mm-hmm. I waited to the very end of class. And I was the last person to go. And she called my name. And as soon as she did, I just broke down. I literally just, I couldn't handle it. All the eyes. Oh, yeah. All the eyes. I broke down sobbing like it was ridiculous. And she ended up later on that semester giving me a chance to retake that and redo it. But that's where I started. And exposing myself to stuff like that helped me. Facing your fears does help. I mean, it sucks sometimes. It really does, but it does help, at least in my experience. I actually, I'm also a uh, sorority woman. I am a member of the sorority Alpha Z Delta. I'm an alumni now. Okay. And two of the offices I held was song leader and chaplain. And both of those involved me getting up in front of my sisters and having to sing and or say a motivational passage. That terrified me. And it was my job to do it. I had to do it. So I, I just, out of all that practice, having to sing in front of people, having to give a, me- a message in front of somebody, it's much harder to give a message in front of somebody that you know than somebody you don't know. Because if you know them, you'll see them later. And they'll tell them, and they'll tell you what they think. Strangers, you don't ever see them again. So it's a little bit easier. So now, did you accept that position in your sorority in order to overcome your fear? Or Yes. Ah. Because I knew as an actor, you have to be able to put yourself out there. You can't just... I think that's a lot of people's problem whenever they act. They're afraid to let themselves go. They're afraid to let themselves do it. And that's why you always hear that hesitation. That almost acting, as I call it. Like the, it's almost there, but there's something that's holding them back and you can hear it. It's actually a very accurate term, almost acting. Yeah. I'm going to use that sometimes. I'm going to steal that. Is that okay? (laughs) It's okay. Okay, good. Uh, It's that sort of thing. You can hear it in their voice. That they're they're not quite there if they just let themselves go and stop being so scared about being out there. And that I still get scared. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's ever going to go away. And it's not bad to be scared. I think we all do. 
Yeah. Especially during audition time where everybody's oh, yeah. all up inside their own head. Oh, yeah. You're like, what if I didn't do that right? Oh, my goodness. Like, if I didn't have deadlines for some things, I would probably sit there and re-record a line all night just because I'm not sure it's good enough. Do you find it helps you to kind of sit yourself down and look at yourself in the mirror and say, listen, just keep going. You need to let go of all this, uh, uh, I don't even know what the word would be, of all this fear and just play pretend, have fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, it usually happens right around, usually the first take of mo most things are usually not all that great, especially when you're warming up and mm -hmm. well, you're, you should already be warmed up before you start. But yes. I'm saying that within the first couple times that you do something in a session, not just a take, but the first couple takes in a session. Sometimes they're not the best because you got to get yourself into it. Get the motor going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's usually when that happens with me because I'll, I'll get too caught up into what I'm saying or what I'm trying to convey instead of just letting it happen. So I covered and... this a bit in my last... I'm sorry, continue, please. Oh, it's okay. No, that's pretty much what I was going to say. <laughs> in the last podcast I did, uh, it was an episode based around confidence. And the quote I used, whenever I'm entering an audition or a, um, a session with my teacher or what have you, I sit myself down and I say, I'll probably look stupid doing this. This needs to happen, though. I love voice acting. I want to be a voice actor. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people forget that it's a necessary step. This is a necessary evil. And uh, if you ask a lot of the bigger voice actors, Chris Sabat, Patrick Seitz, um, Kylie Bear, you know, they all still get nervous in an audition, mm -hmm. especially if they want the part. But now I heard you say, warm up. So do you warm up before voice acting? Oh, you're always supposed to. It's like with any, your voice is an instrument. I actually, along with being an athlete in high school and junior high, I was also in choir and I was also in band. And that's something you learn from a music standpoint is that you always warm up. When you think you don't need to warm up, you need to warm up. And especially when you use your voice, because your voice is an instrument. Mm -hmm. And you know how you can hear people when they're tired. You can hear it in their voice. Oh, totally. That's something. Also, be wary of, of being too strenuous on your voice. If you're trying to do yelling stuff, don't do it to the, ver to the very end. Because if you do it in the beginning, you'll become hoarse. And then the rest of the session doesn't sound very good. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of people talk, just just simply straight up talk, either to themselves or to other people to kind of warm up. I sing. Uh, I also talk as well, but I also sing and do singing exercises that I learned in choir and also just, just singing random things. And that helps warm up your voice and gets it a little bit loose and other techniques as well. So Now, I've heard the objection for a lot of people. Well, I spend every day of my life talking. Shouldn't that be good enough? No. And here's why. You don't realize how little you talk until you actually have to talk. Like, it's... Thing is, unless you surround yourself 24-7 by people that are constantly talking, there's actually a huge chunk of the day where you don't talk. Mm -hmm. And you have an inner monologue that might be going on, and you might be thinking you're talking, but you're really not. And... It's one of those things where you just got to sit yourself down and just say something because you don't realize how little you talk in a day. 
unless like you said you're surrounded by a bunch of people i think it's a mindset too you know we can hear yeah. mindsets yes if i'm talking to you and i secretly have a crush somebody listening might be able to hear that right. if i'm talking to you and i just despise you somebody can probably hear that you can pick up on mindsets yes if i really don't want to do something you probably know it from my voice mm-hmm. even if i don't want you to know so part of that mindset um of warming up and getting ready for the part goes hand in hand i feel like with creating a character yes it does uh i see a lot of people who are let's say i'm voice acting a jogger who gets attacked by a monster well before the take you should probably jog yeah do some jumping jacks something like that to get your heart rate up to where if you're you're panting or you can at least get to the point in acting to where you can pant and make it sound real but maybe not necessarily sit there and do jumping jacks, you know. But I like to do jumping jacks because it, it gets me in the zone. It gets me into that whole, if I'm doing something, if I'm portraying an athlete or I'm portraying somebody that's being pursued by something, like a monster, then I try to do something athletic like that to, to get myself. That and I also listen to certain tempos of music. I like to listen to music to help me get in the zone too. Now, how about creating characters? What's your process? Uh, it, I look at the copy, first of all, mm-hmm. and that's, that, that you guys already know, I don't know if, if you've already covered that, but that's, um, what they call scripts in this type of business. It's whether it be commercial, whether it be audio book, it's not just a script, it's called copy. And we look at it and we analyze what parts we have. First of all, we take it and we look, if, if you're doing it, it depends on the context. If you're doing it via commercial you try to find the character in that commercial and you play up to that character. You analyze a little bit to where you see what words are using, what words you think would, they would emphasize, stuff like that. Uh, it also depends on the type of character you're, you're trying to create as well. I usually just sit myself down and I look at the copy and I read it and I try to figure out who is this character? Not just what they, do they want me to do, but who is this person? If they don't have a name, I'll give them a name. If they don't have a backstory, I'll give them a backstory. It'll be something quick, but it's something I can play off of. Now, folks, and that's usually how it starts. They call these the W's of voice acting. And um, in acting in general, uh, who, what, where, why, when, mm-hmm. it seems straightforward, but sometimes on a copy, you'll see the word, hey, and that'll be it. Or yeah. buy this now, and that will be it. So what she was saying is so accurate. Give yourself a name. Who are you talking to? How you're going to say buy this now to your wife or your husband might be different than a complete stranger. Yep. So are you working on any projects now besides that machinima? I am currently auditioning for several different ones. Um, I'm hoping to break the barrier to being paid at mm-hmm. some point. <laughs> Hopefully here soon. I just have to actually succeed in some of them. Right now, <laughs> I, I know it's, it I sucks sometimes. I just have to, to, you know, succeed. I'm sorry, I heard your voice going downwards. It does, it does kind of, it, it's a, it is a little heartbreaking. It can Sometimes, be. because if, especially if you get your heart set, that on a roll and you're like oh I nailed this audition and you feel like you nailed it 
sometimes you didn't nail it as much as you thought you did. Or maybe, like I said, maybe it's just your voice. Okay. It kind of sucks. <laughs> but you have to learn how to deal with it. It's part of it. Uh, you got to you gotta understand that it happens. And you're not going to get every role that you want or even every role you audition for. So that's just, you got you to gotta take it with a grain of salt. You got you to gotta just learn that it's practice and you get over it pretty quickly. And practice makes perfect. Or rather, perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. Oh, how you practice, too. So, so far, what's been your favorite role that you've done? Um, honestly, this is actually going to be different than uh, what, I, what most people probably think. I actually found out about one of my character voices by doing this. My coach actually had me do a piece of copy that was for a toy store. And I had to portray a, a small child, a little girl. And she's like, okay, so give me the, the highest pitch that you can get and, and try to make it sound believable that you're a child. And so I did. And she pauses for a minute. And at first I'm like, like oh my God, did I just sound horrible? Because you know when you do those like really squeaky high voices, you can usually tell that you're trying to do it. If you... And I did it. And she's like, so, um, you just realized you shaved about like 10 years off of your voice by doing that. And I'm like, what, really? <laughs> <laughs> what? I think that was one of the most enjoyable things I've had oh, so far. Oh, awesome. <laughs> because it was, it was a pleasant surprise. I didn't know I could do it. And then all of a sudden she's like, here, do it. Don't, don't, don't think about it. Just do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, did you take it casually? Like, oh yeah, no problem. Or did you do it like, oh, wow, uh, um, uh, because I feel like when people do that and the muses speak to them and they make, they make exactly the voice the client is looking for or the teacher is looking for, then they get up it all in their own head. And... I thought about it, yeah. I took me, it took me maybe a second or two to really mull it over in my head to be like, oh, she wants me to do this. I think I can do this. You know what? I'm going to give it a shot. You know, you can't hurt to try. Leap of faith. And that's... Yeah, and that's how I found out about it, and now I like to freak my friends out with it. So <laughs> for a while, it, it scared them. Like, I would do it randomly, and then they were like, oh, no, what the hell is this? Uh, oh, no. So I think there's yeah. nothing funnier than uh, whenever I encounter somebody in the booth who's a big, burly guy, like really deep, uh, big guy, and they can do the highest voices I've ever heard. And <laughs> no, right? <laughs> it's just scary. Yeah, because you don't you you see the juxtaposition of like their body type and the way they hold themselves, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. this teeny tiny voice is coming out of them, and you're like, teeny tiny voice, what happened? Like, oh. <laughs> oh, I think that's kind of what scared my friends the most, to be honest, because they were, they didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. They're hearing this small child coming from an obviously an adult woman. So the beauty yeah. of voice acting. Yeah. So and... let's talk demo. Mm-hmm. You're working on your animation demo now, and your commercial yes. demo is done. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have your commercial demo up? Yes, I do. Um, I don't have it on uh, Alliance, Voice Acting Alliance. Mm -hmm. I do have it on Voices.com, but um, I'm actually in the process of creating my own website, so people can go and listen to it there. Okay, cool. I just, I'm just haven't got it finished yet because I'm trying to. I want to have my animation demo up before I just have my commercial demo. I want to right. release a little bit something more. And I've also thought about maybe making a 
a film demo just for the sake of the fact that since I'm from that background as well. Oh yeah, why not? But, um, Spend- that's something I also encourage people is if you're trying to break into the industry, you need a site, you need a website. You need a website. People don't you believe need a demo. People yes. don't believe us. Uh, you need it. it. You need a website. And you need a good headshot and you need a good demo. And by I mean good demo, I mean a good demo. The first five seconds of a demo usually can you can tell the acting experience and how well the acting is done and the type of demo it is. And folks, and, picture this. Yeah. You're a director. I walk onto your stage. Let's assume we're we're doing um, acting for the stage. Right. We're doing a Shakespearean show, Macbeth. Everybody knows Macbeth. Or Hamlet. Or Romeo and Juliet. Just pick one. And I am going to give the monologue to you. The first, uh, the first scene from Hello Kitty Adventure Island. You're probably going to look at me like I'm on fire. So why would the demo be any different? Mm-hmm. If Ariel is a director for a show, for a podcast, for, uh, for Funimation, and you give her something that just does not make sense the first five seconds of the demo, or is not believable, why would she cast you? It's also a time thing as well, because they get so many demos probably from so many different people, and it's all about time, and it's all about money, and... Their time is money to them, especially in the professional business. So you've got to impress them in a short amount of time. So now, where are you um, headed as far as voiceover goes? And by that, I mean there's many different places you can go. For example, I live in New Jersey right next to New York City. I am about 20 minutes outside the city. Uh, In Texas, there's a lot of uh, anime dubbing. There's Funimation. There's Blizzard Entertainment. In Los Angeles, there's uh, Viz Media and Bang Zoom, a bunch of places. Where are you going to go to start, let's say? Oh, no. Looks like we lost. Uh, a sorry. <laughs> okay. Got you back. Sorry, we're back. Awesome. Um, to, well, see, I'm from an area. I don't know if you can tell by my accent. Sometimes I, I slur a little bit. Um, sorry about that. But... Just curious, where do you think I'm from exactly? <laughs> oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, I would have to say hmm, you're in the United States, correct? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna guess Minnesota. No, no, we're close. No, we're close. <laughs> You'd be oh, surprised. You and I are close. No, I said no. Nowhere um, close. Oh, nowhere close. I'm sorry. Uh, I give up. I'm actually from Kentucky. Kentucky. Ah. So, that's something else. If you are from an area like mine, where you have an accent that's thicker, I don't, people have told me that I don't have an accent. And that's kind of strange because a lot of people on it earlier, but it's just another tool in the toolbox. Yes. It it helps having a native accent, um, which is funny because I'm actually better at not sounding like a Southern person. (laughs) It's good good practice. Yeah. but um, people from my area, it's even people just with a native accent, it's sometimes hard because a lot of people also are looking for that standard American. Okay. And so you have to learn how to control your accent. If you've got a thicker accent, you kind of have to learn how to turn it off and on. Mm-hmm. 
And if I relax my voice a little bit, and if I'm talking to people from, like my cousins, my cousins are from Alabama. So when they come up, they have a thicker accent than I do. I'll occasionally say y'all. Like actually in my demo, there's a little, there's one little small bit where I said one word and I didn't mean to say it that way. And it sounds really Southern. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing at all. No, it's not. But it's something that I pick out of my voice because I try not to, for the sake of everybody's looking for a standard American accent for the most part. Um, I try to not use it, but it is something that is nice because I actually did a uh, copy for Carolina Rice, which is Carolina Rice. And you have to let yourself go because I'm constantly thinking about diction. Oh, what Sometimes a you have nightmare. To... <laughs> yes. <laughs> diction is a nightmare. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, especially and... if you have an accent. <laughs> Well, actually, see, for me, it was it it was a two way street because I come from a singing background. Mm-hmm. Um, that that might be the reason why I don't have one. And um, during my first evaluation with Jay, uh, he said your diction is too good. And I went. I, I thought to myself, "What do you mean? I speak clearly. I like to think I have an okay voice." And he said, "No, but your characters all sound like they." spend their time reading a dictionary like why does a monster go <laughs> and i am going to kill you it, it sounds robotic almost you know yeah. and i went crap well how do i fix that and he's like chill out yeah don't think about it <laughs> <laughs> it's Just a don't think of... <laughs> yeah i i had that problem too uh i think it was more because of in from the choral backgrounds i'm not necessarily op- just operatic um you have to sing things in a certain way or they don't come across as what you're actually trying to sing. Because you don't realize that when you hold out a certain note or you hold out a certain word, it can be kind of lost. Especially if people are like way in the back. They might not be able to hear that. So you got to sometimes over-enunciate to get what's going across. I think we did the hallelujah choruses. Instead of hallelujah, we did hallelujah. And it sounded like hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So let's play pretend when for a second. We end up doing. Mm-hmm. You're a casting director. Right. I sent you my demo. In your mind, what are the do's and don'ts for a character demo, character animation demo? The do's. I'm going to start with the do's. Okay. Uh, you need to have variety. Show what your range is. You need to have a mixture, not just the cutesy voices, but maybe some serious voices, maybe some sad voices, some happy voices. Like, you've got to mix it up because if you listen to one, just one type of voice, it can become very boring. And they want to see what you can do because they want to be able to cast, especially for agents, they want to be able to cast you in as many roles as they possibly can. Because agents usually get a little bit of a profit on what they cast you in. About 10% of your projects, usually. So you, they want, they want to cast you. If they want you as an actual person that they're going to, you're going to be, uh, sorry. Uh, if they are going to be your agent, then they need to know you can perform and that you can get them money because that's their job is to give you jobs so they can get money from your jobs. <laughs> so Vicious cycle. 
It is. Uh, it's necessary, though, because it cuts out people that don't make it. And it's sad to say, but that's the business. It's tough. It can be ruthless sometimes. That's just kind of how it is. But these gates exist for a reason. Yes, they exist for a reason, because if they didn't, then voice acting would be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's definitely one big thing that you really need to have. You need to have variety, not just with the acting styles, but also with the tones. With a deeper, serious voice, or even maybe a deeper, lighter style voice. Like maybe a happy voice, but it's from a deeper character. Now how about the don'ts? Uh, don'ts, don't waste their time. Don't have a demo that is five minutes long. Because they won't listen to all of it. Mm -hmm. They will not. And don't, don't, Overact. And I hate saying overact because it's used a lot, but overacting can be just as bad as not acting or almost acting. Because it sometimes it's just, it's, it depends on the medium. Some mediums you kind of need to a little bit over, overact just because of the character, but try not to overact because that just kind of makes them think that you can't act. By giving too much. By giving too much. Uh, also, slating. Do not slate. If this is something I learned from Christmas Freeman, do not slate with an upward sound. Like you're questioning yourself because they think that if you're questioning yourself, then you don't have confidence. Do in you yourself. know so your how own does this name? To you? Yes. Do you know why you're doing this role? Like here's an example. Ariel Lyles, take one. That's how it's supposed to sound. You, you're going down. It sounds like you have confidence in yourself. But if I say Ariel Lyles, take one. It sounds like I'm questioning myself. <laughs> so wait, are you Ariel Isles or Am I Ariel Isles? Person speaking Ariel uh, who, who Is this take one really? How Can do I, I know this? it's take one? How it's do I know one. I'm Ariel? <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's something I've definitely learned and it's it's it makes a big difference. It does. You, it's a, one of the small subtle things that makes a huge difference. So now, do you have Anybody you want to give a shout out to? Ah, wow. Um, <laughs> because so far, let me give you a little background real quick. This podcast has been up for about six days. Okay. Uh, you're the fourth episode. Episode five will be coming out in two or so days. Uh, we have about 200 listeners so far. Okay. Which is crazy. Uh, and I hope it keeps growing. So if there's anybody you, you want to shout out to now, I mean, I hope one day they'll hear it. And that way they'll be like, oh, man, yeah, Ariel shouted out to me. Cool. Well, let's see here. <laughs> the pressure. Because, yes, I know. Putting me on the spot. Man, come on. Uh, professional voice actors, um, people that I aspire to and that people that I try to listen to what they do and how they act to things. Actors like Mark Muir, uh, Jennifer Hale, Ali Hillis, Troy Baker, you know, all of these guys, not just not just them, but like Yuri and Tara Strong and and all of them. Just thank you for what you guys do, because that's you guys are really the reason why I'm doing this. You guys are inspirational. You guys are awesome. Uh, also, shout out to Crispin and Miss Smalldone, because you guys have helped me learn what I'm doing wrong and fix it and become a lot more 
professional and get more jobs and be able to be a part of a podcast like this, be able to expand my horizons and just become better. And uh, shout out to all the listeners, the, the current ones, the ones that will just join, the future ones. Stay strong. If you guys keep trying and put your hearts into it and don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid of putting yourself out there because you throw that net, I guarantee you'll catch something. And you just use that to fuel yourself even further. Learn something from it. Continue on and you'll get there. And one last thing. I am to understand that you have a Twitter handle. Yes, I do. <laughs> what is it? Uh, wow. It's Leetspeak for people that know what Leetspeak is. Uh, and I'm also going to put it in the description, so yes, they'll have to. Because <laughs> I've looked at it's got it some and numbers I was like, in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's um at GamerGirl, and that's capital G four M three R capital G R one. And that Twitter handle is mainly just not only stuff about voice acting, but also gaming. I'm like that's my handle is Gamer Girl. I I talk about gaming. You're a I, girl. I yes. Game. And that's one of the things I'm looking to at some point start a uh, Tumblr. I already have a Tumblr, but that one's more private. So <laughs> I, that was not going to be linked out. But uh, I do want to create an actual like voice acting appreciation account that I link with mine. So I kind of want to start that. But Excellent. that's pretty much what my Twitter is. So. so I was so glad to have you on. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad us. to be on. Thank you. Thank you. And can we have you back in the future? Oh, yeah. Okay, Certainly. you've heard it, folks. So if you have any questions for Ariel, you can either uh, add her Twitter uh, Twitter handle, which will be in the description, uh, hot-linked, so you can just click right on it. It'll take you right to her page. Uh, if you have any questions that you want me to send to her, send me an email at rhvoiceacting at gmail.com. Um, okay. Folks, until next time, signing off!